well, let me uh, put my damn thing back on here. <laughs> if I can remember how to start the camera. There we go. We don't want to see your thing. No, no, not really. So it is Let Them Burn, the All Along the Watchtower episode. Now, real quick, we've got some special things going on tonight. We are going to give away one of Lazarus Razors, one of Bullrush's Razors, Razors. So, Nick, without further ado, let's hear what has to happen. Okay. So, what we're giving away, this, this, this giveaway is sponsored by Punch Riot Magazine, by the way. PunchRiot.com. So go subscribe. It's five bucks a month and, you know, it's more entertainment than you can get for five bucks probably anywhere in the world these days. Um, and so I had Bullrush make a special let him burn version of one of his razors with scales that are yellow and orange and pretty badass looking. If he's got it handy, you know, we can put him on so he can show it. But um, if not, you know, we'll show it at some point or I'll pop a picture up there later. Anyway, the rules for the rules for winning this razor are you have to be in the chat tonight. Uh, you have to be a subscriber to one of our channels or the Punch Riot YouTube channel, or you have to be a subscriber to Punch Riot magazine. And aside from that, uh, at some point during the show, I'm just going to tell you something that you have to post in the uh, in the chat if you're interested in winning this fine Lazarus razor. And uh, I'm not telling you when that's going to be because you're going to have to hang around for the whole show if you want to actually have a shot at winning the razor. So uh, that announcement will come at some point during tonight's show. And then out of everyone who uh, who post the appropriate thing in the chat. Um, I will collect all of those and then draw one randomly. So that's how that's going to work. Oh, yeah. You have to be a dude too. No, women aren't eligible. That's it. <laughs> all right. So we now know the rules. Kids, no women allowed. And you have to stay for the show because you don't know when this is going to happen. So it's one of those raffles where you must be present in order to win. And yes, Turk, you're safe. We got your back, buddy. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> we got your back. <laughs> okay, so the title for, sh for tonight's show, I was actually watching a, uh, a series on uh, the internet on Peacock. It's from, uh, whatchamacallit, Xfinity. Battlestar Galactica came out, well, the original show came out back in the 70s, late 70s and early 80s. Only had one season, to be honest. But they replayed it enough that I thought it was three or four seasons. Anyway, they rebooted it here back in like 09 or 2010, and it went till about 2014, I think. And I've been binge watching it because I happen to like sci-fi. Anyway, there's a point in the show, in the late third season, early fourth season, that that song comes into play. And it's funny because I was listening to it in the show, and then I turned around and started listening to Jimi Hendrix's version, of course, because it was originally written by Bob Dylan. But I was listening to it, and I thought, 
I got to come up with a title for the show. And that song was in my head, but it wasn't the words all along the watchtower. No, it was the part that Nick picked right out of my brain or planted it there, depending on who you're, who you listen to with his spirit cooking and whatnot. But it was the part about, you know, let us all not talk falsely now. The hour's getting late. And what made me think about that was I got on Twitter for a minute because it's been a while since I've been on Twitter. And I see the same shit from the same dudes. And these are guys I've subscribed to. And they're talking about incels and it's outrage. And it's like, oh, we've been here before. What, what has happened before is going to happen again. What is old is new. Nothing has changed at all. And so for those guys, I'm very fucking disappointed. I'm disappointed in you. You can't let it go. You can't let go of the gender war. You can't let go of incels. You can't let go of what rage is. You can't let it go. You're letting it define you. Let it go. Move on. Do something else. You'll be happier for it. Trust me. Ask me how I know. To quote Bacon. But anyway, one of the things that got me thinking is somebody mentioned incels. And I was like, oh, we're back to that again. And it got me to thinking about guys that are the, the legacy specialists. These are the guys that, you know, I look at me playing ball with my kid. It's all about trying to be the Marcus Aurelius of the 21st century. My name is going to be remembered forever. It's that crowd. Because I was seeing some of that bullshit again. And I'm here to say, no, you're not going to be remembered in a thousand years. You're not going to be remembered in a hundred years. You're not going to be remembered in 50. No, you're not going to be re You're not going to be remembered in a month if you're lucky. And that made me think of guys who Nick Bullrush, do you know who is Elliot Roger? You guys know? I know. Who is he Bullrush? Who's Elliot Roger? He's that crazy guy that was uh like a he, he was like an incel or something and he like killed a bunch of people. And then he killed himself. Yeah, he killed himself. He will be remembered way past any of the legacy specialists. In fact, you and I briefly, Bullrush, kind of had a little mini dialogue in on Twitter where you said infamy is sexy. And it is. Here's a guy who couldn't or wouldn't, because when I see pictures of him, I look at him and think he's not unattractive he's not an ugly dude so it's obviously more in his head than anything but here's a guy who couldn't get laid and he got pissed off about it and he went out and killed a bunch of people okay he's going to be remembered for a very long time because one thing we tend to do is we deify our villains okay i'm gonna throw another name out there real quick Alex Manassian. Anyone know who he is? I've heard the name. I don't know exactly what he did, though. Van in Toronto. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember. He's the guy that ran into a group of people. He just got convicted of that, uh, of that crime, okay? He's probably, not that he's going to get laid other than don't drop the soap, but he's going to have more female fans now than he ever would have had 
had he led a life of virtue and all of the other bullshit that I see on Twitter. Infamy is sexy. And the more people you kill, the bigger you get. Now, I'm not advocating going out and murdering people. But you kill a couple, you're a criminal. You kill a bunch of people, you're still a cri criminal. You kill a million or more, you're a god. Because I'm going to throw one last name out there. Well, a couple, actually. Yeah, it just got dark in here. It just got real dark. But it's the truth. Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong, if I pronounced that last one right. We have deified them. Most of those guys died before we were ever born. I know Hitler was dead long before I was ever around. Same with Stalin. And yet, everybody knows who they are because of what they did or what they were involved in. They killed millions of people. It's not a good thing, but we deified them. Kind of goes to show that infamy is better than virtue. It's better to be the villain than it is to be the good guy. It's better to be the bad guy. It's better to be the pirate. It's better to be Edward Teach. Anyone know who he is? Just out of curiosity. Nick, you raised your hand. Who's Edward Teach? Well, I think I know. Isn't it Blackbird? Blackbird. Blackbeard. <laughs> yes, it is Blackbeard. Blackbeard the pirate. There you go. And he was a pirate. And back then, pirates were known as persona non grata. They were the enemy of society. And yet, he's legend. Same with Henry Morgan, Sir Francis Drake, all pirates. Most people, if you do a little look, you'll find them. I'll throw a few more names out there just for fucking fun. Ted Bundy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Charles Manson. Okay. John Wayne, or not John Wayne, or maybe it is. Gacy. Whatever his name is. John Wayne Gacy. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Infamy. It's better than talking shit on the internet, as far as I'm concerned. That's one of those things, guys. That's how I know when we talk about guys LARPing. Live action role playing. Talking a lot of shit about a lot of things that it's like, Oh, I'm going to be remembered my name. No, you will be forgotten. And it's okay. I know that how long are people going to know me? Maybe five minutes from now. That's it. I have a question. Yeah. Who uh who who created the uh, polio vaccine? I that one I don't know who. Jonas, Jonas Salk. Hey, look at that! Look at you, motherfuckers, knowing some shit. Robert Kuslin yeah. brought one up. Jim Jones, another one. There's a good one. But that's the point, though. Like, hey, you don't, you don't know who you don't know who who that person is, though. Like, you don't know who who invented the polio vaccine. Right. That's what I mean. Well, pretty much nobody has polio anymore. Ah, here's another one. Don't forget Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, that's the point I'm getting at here. Not saying I agree with it. Not saying I advocate it. But it's a fact of life, okay? The villain, the infamous, will be remembered far longer than the dipshits on Twitter talking about playing ball with their kids or whatever good guy badge they want to throw on. And so that's kind of, I guess, my beef tonight. It's like I've been off for basically two months now. And the longer I'm off, the better. But when I come back on, I see, and like I said, these are guys I, I follow. These aren't, you know, some weird shit that was a like or a quote tweet or a retweet. These are guys I follow, and it's like, guys, 
Do you realize how stuck you are? You're stuck in it. And it pisses me off on one hand and it makes me sad on another. For the most part, it, it, in the big picture, I don't care. It's like, ah, fuck it, whatever. You know, you, you want to be stuck and rave about incels and you want to talk about the whammon and feminism and, and all that nonsense. Go ahead. Waste your time. It's yours. Do what you like. Me, I, I can't be bothered. I really can't. It's, it's sad in a way that I care more about my video game account about my stats there, then I give a shit about what guys are saying on the internet. That it's like, you know, me going to level 24 means more to me than guys hammering on about incels. And all I can say is, well, not again, not that I advocate it, but well, if you did an Elliot Rogers, maybe you too would be famous. But otherwise, are you really going to be remembered over the long haul? I know I'm not, and I'm okay with that. But are you? That's my question for the legacy guys. That's my question for the wannabe Marcus Aureliuses, the stoic <laughs> guys. That it's like, you really fucking think you're going to be the next Marcus Aurelius? The fact that I can't even remember who you are tells me everything I need to know. Your shitty okay. Gumroad book is toilet paper. It's not even toilet paper. It's right. toilet paper. At least if it was in fucking paper print, it could actually be toilet paper. I'm going to I'm going to invent a toilet paper that can be printed on and run through a laser printer. I think that's how I'm gonna. That's my legacy. That's Why don't you 3D legacy. print it? Just 3D print the toilet paper. <laughs> oh, guys! Toilet paper goes burr. You know, <laughs> that's better than money printer go burr. Just for the fact that, well, we all need to wipe our ass with something. There you go. So there's my my soapbox rant. There's my thing for the moment. That I, I get back on Twitter for a minute. This was yesterday. I decided, hey, I haven't been on Twitter for a minute. So I, I get on, and I'll be honest, it was a mistake. Other than it pissed me off enough that I decided, you know, it's my turn to do the show. What am I going to talk about? What do, what do I want to bring up? And I thought, well, let's talk about these dipshits. And so here we are. So in that respect, I guess I can say, hey, thanks, guys. Otherwise, I'd be like, you know, Nick would be like, what have you been up to, Rob? Enjoying life, Nick. I've been enjoying, you know, hanging out with the girl when we're not fighting. I'm enjoying uh, drinking <laughs> beer. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying my little video game. I'm enjoying just not being on Twitter. I'm enjoying not worrying about shit that ultimately doesn't matter. Because what is old is new. What has happened before is going to happen again. You get into the, the, the term I believe is intergender dynamics. It's men and women trying to get together and do their thing, whether it's fucking sucking or getting married or whatever. And the truth is, this isn't new. This has been going on since the dawn of man. The only difference is now we have dipshits selling gumroad books and fucking video courses. Otherwise, nothing has really changed. Guys are trying to figure out how to get into women's pants. Women are trying to figure out how to guy keep guys out of their pants. It's not 
fucking rocket science. And the less you give a fuck, the more you get. But I see far too many fucking guys giving a fuck. And it's like, guys, you're talking about it. What does that mean? It means you give a fuck. Stop giving a fuck. You might find out that, oh, shit, wow, all this shit that I worried about really doesn't matter. Oh, no, you ain't there yet. Well, I'm not the guru. The, I'm not the guru. I'm not the teacher. I'm not the instructor. I realized I don't have the patience. I don't have the time. Life is too fucking short. And that's why I walked away. It got to be too much. It's like, ah, fuck it. These guys don't listen. Let them figure it out the hard way. Maybe with some of these guys that are in their 20s and early 30s, maybe when they're my age, maybe, maybe they'll figure it out. Either way, I don't care. It's not my problem. Anyway, that's it. So guys, Nick, what's been going on with you? Well, it's interesting that you that you say that and that that's tonight's topic because I was at a kids baseball game last night. <laughs> Did you see our friend there? I didn't I didn't see any friends there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you know, and and just to set this up, you know, as some of you may or may not know, yes, I'm a father. I have procreated. I raised kids. So you won the genetic lottery. I raised kids. I coached baseball here and there. My kids were involved with baseball as well as other sports. And now I'm now I'm the grandfather of a, you know, almost one year old girl. But I've also got, you know, I've got older kids in the extended family. And, and that's whose baseball game I was at uh, yesterday. It was nine and 10 year olds. And of course, my kids were nine and 10 once and they played baseball as well. And it's a completely different sort of perspective when you're coming in as a grandfather or, you know, uncle or whatever. And you've been through all this shit already and you've done it all already before. Because, of course, last night was probably the worst time in Alabama to go sit outside and watch a baseball game. We had a, an unusual cold front come through yesterday, so it was fucking cold as shit last night. And of course, the you know there was controversy in the game. It ended up going into extra innings, so it kept us all out there in the cold even longer. The people were fucking up the scoreboard, and parents were losing their absolute ever-loving minds over you know points being taken away on the scoreboard and time being taken away on the scoreboard. And I was just kind of watching it all, and I was I was just thinking, you know, this is time that you're never going to get back again. And the kids don't give a shit about this game. Yeah, they care right now because they're in the middle of playing it. Most of those kids, it was so cold, they just wanted the game to be over and they wanted to go home. But bless their hearts on both teams. They were tied in extra innings, and and the kids were were trying. They were both. They were all trying to win, which was cool. But then, you know, obviously at the end, only one team could win. So one team wins. And then, you know, to add to prolong this torture even longer, the coaches of both teams had to give their speeches about how, you know, how great everybody played and and all that shit. Meanwhile, you know, I'm watching all the kids while they're listening to this and they're all looking at, you know, they're all looking around for their parents. They're, you know, they're clutching their you know, jackets and their bat bags and everything. And they're just ready to get the fuck out of there. And yes, 
I'm a big believer in sports because I played sports. My kids played sports. I think you get a lot out of playing sports. But here's the thing. Nobody learned anything from that game except that it was fucking cold out. And today, those kids don't give a shit about that game anymore. The ones who won or the ones who lost. The parents might still give a shit. But that just goes back to what Rob, say, what Rob was saying about how people focus on all kinds of crazy shit. Cause this was just a nine and 10 year olds baseball game. And I was sitting there talking with my son and some other people while we were watching the game go on. And, you know, they were like, Oh man, that guy usually hits really well. I don't know what's wrong with him tonight. And I said, he's cold. <laughs> it's cold as shit. He's not dressed for it. He didn't expect it to be this cold. He's just fucking cold. So he's swinging slow. He's swinging late. And these are nine and 10 year old kids. They haven't been playing for 20 years. They don't have, you know, for most of them, you know, there's a couple who are natural athletes, but for most of them, you know, they're still learning the game. What happens tonight doesn't really mean anything. It's not a great test of character it's not a you know it's not a momentous occasion you know even if a kid you know wax in the winning run you know he's going to be happy about that but there are years and years of if he keeps playing you know bigger experiences he's going to have yeah he might remember this but it's still not that big a deal and the parents the parents wanted to make it such a big deal for whatever their reasons now i experienced this as a parent as a dad, as a coach. Um, and, and I get it, you know, you, you get, you get wrapped up in this shit, but the fact of the matter is if you, if you play long enough, you know, all of the, most of those, most of those games and most of those at bats all run together, you know, over the, you know, my kid, my kid and I were talking about this over the, he played baseball for 15 years over the course of all of his baseball together. We maybe remember, you know, five or six moments that were really, you know, kind of awesome. The rest of it, you know, it was just the usual shit. And you shouldn't remember that stuff because you shouldn't be peaking at nine years old, you know? <laughs> right. If you're peaking at nine years old or if you're peaking at 30 years old because your nine-year-old kid just hit a triple, you know, there's something wrong with that. And that's not to take anything away from being proud of your kid or anything like that. It's just everybody's looking for, for something to invest in. And, and I think the main reason is because they want something to put on social media. That's it. They want and to know the neighbors. You can you get you get to you get to put this shit on social social media and create this narrative of who you are as a dad, who your kid is as your son, you know, and on and on and on and on and on. And most people are doing that either because they they don't even think about it. They've just been conditioned to or they're trying to sell you something. Yep. And they're using they're using their their experience with their kids and as a parent as a marketing opportunity. And it's just all it's all silly. I mean, it's, you know, it's all silly. It's important to you and it's important within your family, but to the rest of us, you know, you're you're just, you know, your your kid got your your, your kid got lucky and connected with the ball finally. And that's really all it means. <laughs> There's no, there's no, there's very little skill involved at nine and 10 years old. Some kids are a little better than others, but that's really, that's for the most part, all, it, all it is. So, you know, enjoy it, you know, enjoy your family time with your kids, but really keep it to yourself. The rest of us don't care. Well, Rush, you're a dad. Care to add to it? 
Yeah, I'm kind of uh, kind of guilty of doing what Nick said and posting because sometimes I'll I'll post my uh, I'll post a video of my daughter on uh, on Twitter, but that's mainly to uh, piss off liberals anti and like anti gun people whenever they they don't like they bitch about having having kids learn uh, how to shoot and stuff. I'll just I'll it's, ma- it's mainly to start a barn fire and piss them off though. Well, that's different. Like I don't do it for like, I, I do I it for, like the, yeah. I don't. I don't do it for like the the back slaps and shit. I don't give a shit about that stuff, man. You don't want the high fives, the back slaps, and the fist bumps. What? No, because like when when I was growing up, like that that was like a normal thing, you know. Like all the kids knew how to how to handle guns and stuff. It's just like it's a normal thing where I'm from. Roman, <laughs> Roman. <laughs> yeah, but there was a there was some lady that uh, posted on Twitter last week or a few days ago that uh. She was just going all caring about kids operating guns, and I posted a I posted that video <laughs> in response to her, <laughs> and I was blocked. <laughs> you, know what, you know what Bacon says here. I mean, I'm going to respectfully disagree with him, having been there and done that, and had you know a lot of friends He's that did about that. This comment. It's it's not so much that they're trying to live vicariously through their kids. What a lot of them are trying to do is prove that they're getting parenting right. Ah, uh, yes. Dad, yeah, that's what it know, is. My dad got it okay right, but I've really figured it out. Because look at me, you know, I'm here, yep. I'm there, I'm everywhere. Here's my kid. Hey, here's my I kid in the backyard. Dad. Yep. And, I'm a good dad. And and I and that's what I understand, and maybe I'm just projecting, but that's what I thought for a while when I was 30. I was like, you know. God damn, you know, I got these boys, they're strong, they're running around, tearing shit up, you know, everybody's everybody's happy, I'm able to feed them, I pay the mortgage, I got all this shit going on, and, uh, and, and God yeah, damn. I gotta tell kids, somebody about it. <laughs> these kids aren't gonna, well, you know, when I was raising them, you know, until the very end, there was no social media anyway, so I right. didn't, I didn't have them on the internet. Um, <laughs> so, but the, but the, but the thing was, it's like, oh yeah, you know, and and just wait till, you know, my kids hit 18 and whatever else. And, and boy, they're not going to be the rebellious little shits that I was and all this other kind of crap. And, and I was feeling pretty good about myself for a while. And then I started seeing some of my friends whose kids were just slightly older. And these were all, you know, unless something really weird was going on behind the scenes, these were all good folks, you know, they, mm-hmm. you know, they worked hard, took care of their kids, did the Tradcon dream, everything else. Um, but that doesn't mean things are going to turn out necessarily great. And I knew some other kids, I was watching these other kids and their parents were a train wreck and those kids turned out pretty damn good. Um, at least so far, but my point is not that, you know, one group is fucked and one group isn't, it's that, you know, it's, it's not this binary proposition. It's not this thing where, you know, the purpose of being a parent is to do it better than your dad did. So you can say, okay, Hey, look, I'm either a better than my dad because I thought my dad was a shit or I didn't really have a dad. So, Hey, look, everybody congratulate me for being a good dad here. And within your community, I don't really think there's anything wrong with that within your family. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but when it becomes that larger virtue signal, it becomes kind of a, you know, to me, it's almost a pathology with a lot of these folks where it's like, you know, by God, I'm going to, 
I'm going to a show what a great guy I am and B I'm going to sell you on how to, you know, pay me every month so I can show you how to be a great dad, just like myself <laughs> coming, coming from the generation that I did, which is gen X for the most part, we didn't really, we didn't really want or need anybody else's approval. And I'm not saying that we did it better than our parents or that we did it better from, you know, the millennials. All I'm saying is, is that we didn't have this need. We didn't think that everybody was always watching and we didn't think we had this need to prove it to anybody except maybe ourselves and our kids, which that's fair. But beyond that, it's insignificant. I don't, I don't give a mm -hmm. shit. You know, I don't want to see people hurting kids and I, and I would do something if I saw people really hurting kids, but for the rest of it, you know, go fuck yourself. You know, nobody cares about your kid, but you. Well, the, the thing about it, in my opinion, I don't, try to i don't try to show people like other or i don't need the validation i'm a parent because look i have a hard enough time competing with my goddamn self because i sometimes you know i fuck up a lot as like i i look at stuff that my parents did and i take lessons from that but ultimately i try to i try to be a better parent against what i was yesterday you know if that makes any sense yeah and the only person, the only people that can really judge whether you were, there's really nobody that can judge whether you were a good parent or not, besides possibly your kids. And even most of them don't know what the fuck they're talking about anyway. Well, this is my standard. If she's 18 and not on a stripper pole, I've done my job. I've been successful. I, yeah. I mean, I want to, I want to, if I'm alive, I would want my kids when they're 50 and they want to give me their opinion of what kind of a dad I was. I'll listen to them when they're 50 and when I'm 75, if I'm still alive. Aside from that, even at this age, if they came, if they come to me tomorrow and they say, man, you were a great dad, I'd be like, thanks, but you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, I think I did it. I think I did a, I think I did the job. You know, it's, I don't need all these superlatives in there and all these adjectives to talk about, you know, it was this and that, you know, my kid, the, you know, kind of like with what Bullrush said, you know, my kids are both, you know, uh, they've, they've pretty much been supporting themselves since they got out of high school, you know, right around the age of 20, probably is when they were, they were both pretty much on their own. And, you know, they, they support themselves. They're not a drain on, you know, the public trough or sucking off the, you know, government teat or anything like that. And they're not doing illegal shit that victimizes people, you know, and it's not that that's like good enough, but it's like the rest of it is really up to them at this point. And yeah, that's like the bare minimum. I mean, they had you know somebody posted some shit on Twitter about you know you know how all, oh, I think it was I think it was Clary posted this thing where it showed you know some some Antifa dude or something dressed up in in some kind of you know pretend armor and he weighed about three hundred pounds and the article is from a thing about how you know eighty percent of Gen Z you know, uh, are unfit for the military because of obesity. And I just, you know, my, I, I quote tweeted that and I just said, Hey, you know, my sons are both, uh, lean muscular and have good jobs. What do I win? And, and it's like, it's like, you know, it's not that, okay, I did the bare minimum. So I'm good. It's that, uh, just 20 years ago, raising a couple kids who could take care of themselves wasn't seen as a major accomplishment. And now it is. And then all these guys are throwing all the cherries on top of that. And I just, th I think it's a bunch of narcissistic bullshit. Because if you're trying to prove yourself to strangers on the internet, what you're really doing is trying to prove something to yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're not able to. Because if you were, 
you wouldn't need to post that shit on the internet. In fact, you wouldn't want to post that shit on the internet because your kids are not avatars to your success or failure. And that's, that's just, that's what I see as rank stupidity. I like nonstop Dre's uh, question there. What would you guys do if your daughters had only fans at 18 and your son at 18 decided to change his gender to female? Look, I'd move to Alaska and I wouldn't tell anybody who I was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, aside from the fact that see, these are two separate things in a way, because the the changing the gender from male to female, that's that's an actual even though the D DSM doesn't say it, it it's, it's, an, it's a mental disorder. OK, and I'm not going to I'm not going to disown my son because he has or any of my kids because they have a mental disorder. Sure. You know, uh, the, the girl, the. Now I have a daughter. She she was on OnlyFans at eighteen. I mean, she's eighteen, man. There's nothing. To, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. I don't. I wouldn't consider myself a failure because there, there's a thing of, of of you know, individual will. People there's people have human willpower. You know, you can't make people do stuff. You know. Well, you know, I um, yeah. I mean, I used to. I used to. You know, I used to. You know, it's like the guys who who say if you're spanking your kids, you're you know physically abusing them. No, that ain't. That's not true. So if you want to spank your kids, spank your kids. Sometimes your kids need a spanking at certain ages, and fuck that. That's none of my business. It's nobody's business. It's not the government's business. Well, so the thing gotta, is, they've if, done if corporeal punishment with with adults before, even even like in the military and stuff. They don't do it anymore. But there there is. Well, technically, they don't do it anymore. Uh, but yeah, they're up until fairly recently, you know, they, there was corporeal punishment even for adults. So pain retained. Well, that's why. I mean, my point is that, you know, I was I was hard on my sons. You know, I used to, you know, when they would act up, I would, you know, they would get punished. And I'd also sit down with them. I'd be like, look, you know, you have my name. You're going out in public and you're representing this family. And you're doing this crazy fucked up shit. That ain't going to fly. You need to cut that shit out. And, you know, it takes it takes a while for that stuff to sink in, you know. But, you know, at the same time, it wasn't, you know, beat the crap out of them and then go to work and ignore them the rest of the time. I, you know, I spent a lot of time with my kids. And if you spend a lot of time with your with your kids and and, you know, doing the shit you need to be doing, then, you know, when it comes time to punish them or to give them that word or whatever else it is, um, they're going to respect you, not because you're hard on them, but because they already know you love them. So they don't want you to be disappointed in them. And unless you unless you're a unless you're a fucking raving psychopath about it, um, you're not going to fuck them up that way. You know, they actually need that. At least I can't speak about daughters. I know that boys do because you give them an inch. They take a fucking, you know, 10 miles. And, you know, well, just, girls are about the same having that shit. Girls are the same. And the thing is, it's like, you know, at a certain age, kids want they they stop want they stop having the need to pander to the parent for validation. And then uh, they, they start asserting their autonomy, which is fine. That's what that's that's the natural course of things, you know, but you still have to be there to kind of guide them and stuff uh, along that path. And, uh, you know, girl, girls can be just as just as wild as the boys can, you know, in that regard too. It just, it really depends on the individual. Uh, so this, but yeah. Well, you know, there's, it's, it's like the, it's like the, so I, I looking, if I could change anything about how I raise my kids, I would be, I would be harder. I would probably be harder on them than I was, but I would also be a little bit less harsh about it sometimes because I went through a period where, 
you know, they were just, they were, they were both testing me constantly. And I was like, well, yeah, look, you little fuckers, you better get your ass in line. And, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily talk to them like that, but I was harsher with them than I needed to be. But at the same time, I don't give a fuck. And I don't think it hurt them in the least. And we, people who are out there and it's mostly millennials who do this, who are out there overly concerned about their kids' feelings relative to their behavior are the ones I think are fucking up. Yeah, your kids are great right now, but what are they going to be when they don't have somebody there to soothe their feelings or they start failing and you're not around to prop them up? That's a whole other proposition. And it doesn't seem like it's a big deal when your kids are nine and they still worship the ground you walk on when they're 18 and they realize, you know, my dad's just some dick who wears a tie like everybody else. I mean, I love him. And, you know, he was a good dad to me, but there's, you know, he doesn't have any more special knowledge about the universe than I'm going to someday. He's just a little bit older and farther down the road. And that changes things a lot. And I don't mean that in necessarily a negative way, but your kids have to have a realistic understanding of you as a person. You know, they, they, mm -hmm. at some point you stop being the venerable parent and, that's important because as time goes even further, they will respect you more for being, hey, he's an average guy that did a good job. They're going to respect you more for that than for being, you know, Mr. All Wise, Mr. Always There taking care of me, Mr. Always, you know, 10,000 other things. When they start struggling in life, they're going to appreciate the fact that you were struggling the same way, but you still managed to come home, take care of them, do a decent job and and get them through their childhood so they have a chance at some kind of an adulthood. And that's, yep. that's really, that's really, really important because I've had both of my kids come back to me and say, you know, yeah, you were a dick sometimes, but boy, I was too. And, well, that's, that's, and I, appreciate, I appreciate the fact that you kicked my ass because I see some of these people out here in the world and how they act. And I would be embarrassed to be acting like that out in the world. And well, that's the, that's the thing too. It's like, like you were saying earlier, you're, you're interactive with your, with your kids. You're around them all the time. Kids don't listen to what you say. They watch what you do. Yes. And that, that continues even after, you know, the toddler stage all the way up to teenager stage. They, they're watching you and you're what you're doing all the damn time. It, it, you know what? Bull rush. I'm going to take it a step further. They watch you into adulthood. Yeah, they do. They do. Yes, they do. And uh, the I other know thing, I did. yeah. And the other thing too, it's like you're. It's like Nick was saying. He, you're, you're basically teaching your your child to be resilient. That's that's what you're supposed to do as, as kind of a parent. You're one of the main things you're supposed to do is, is teach them how to take care of themselves and to be resilient, because they're going to get knocked the fuck down in life. Everyone does, and you need. They need to know how to get back up. And if they never see their parents get knocked down and get back up again, they're not going to know. Most likely, it's going to be harder for them to learn that lesson. It's not like they're never going to learn it, but it's just going to be harder for them. Uh, but I, one more thing I will say that that pedestal pedestalization that kids do to their parents, they can become addictive. And I yes. think a lot of parents have that problem that they, they, they continue to want that pedestalization from their kids, you know, from all the way up that shit ends. That shit ended for me recently. <laughs> That's called cutting the apron yeah, my I mean my my daughter did that. <laughs> you know, uh she did that here recently. She she's getting she's sass mouthing me and stuff now. You know, she's saying things that she wouldn't have normally said to me, you know, and I'll correct her. I'll correct her. Well, Maybe you don't talk to me like that, but you know, I see well, you know, 
it's just her asserting her autonomy now, and she's past that stage where daddy is God. And I don't want to be God to her. I, I want her to be able to know that I'm like an imperfect person. I'm just a person. I'm just dad. I'm just, I'm just guy, you know. But I also want her. See, I'm trying to strike a balance between a disciplinarian and but still have her understand that she can come to me if she's really in trouble and she can tell me she needs help. That's that's what I'm trying to do. Well, and, it, you know, it's it, and and that's that is important. Kids are still going to they're going to keep shit from you no matter how good of a parent you are. But well, yeah, I, but I mean, like if she's really, really in trouble. Like, yeah, yeah, really yeah. Yeah. And you can, yeah. And that's something that's important to try to teach them and instill in them when they're young. And the thing, you know, one of the reasons why I'm not opposed to spanking kids at a certain age, because there's a certain age where you do it and spanking them isn't the punishment. Spanking them is getting their attention and reinforcing the fact that there is a big, there's a, there's some distance between you and your kid right now because of their behavior. And you can't explain that and rationalize that to a kid who's at a certain age, who's not old enough to truly understand that. And I think that's important because when kids are little, they they bind. If you're if you're in the house and you're you know being a decent parent, they bind pretty tightly to you. And it's important to make them feel that distance, not because you're trying to punish them with it but because they need to understand that their behavior has created that distance and they don't need to be doing that. And there, there, are, there are probably as many ways to get their attention as there are people. But I think I still say at a certain age, if you don't want to spank them, you don't have to. But I know with my kids, with my boys, and as aggressive as they tended to be, um, that was really the only thing they understood. And that, that took them down a notch or two and got their attention and made them think because they were like, it wasn't like, oh, dad slapped me on the ass. That hurts. It was more like, man, why is dad pushing me kind of it, and pushing me away in a, in a sense or enforcing? It makes them feel that distance. And then they want to close that distance back. And that's when you explain to them, you know, what the fuck they did, why they don't need to do it again. And the, you know, spanking them at certain ages, it's just an exclamation point is all it really is. It's not the punishment. It's not the teacher, but it does get their attention. And I, and I think it's fine for people to do that. And it's also good because it makes them realize, well, it gives you the opportunity to, to bring some real world, a sense of real world pain and justice to kids from somebody who loves them and doesn't want to see the world have to do it. Because if you let them get to 20 years old and then the government has to, you know, step in as the one true patriarch, as Rerb likes to say, and and explain that to them, it's a much more painful lesson to learn then. So, you know, don't beat your kids. But if you spank them and you think you need to go the fuck ahead, you're not you're not hurting them or scarring them for life. Nope. That's another that's another important thing that you uh, brought up is that the, the world punishes will punish your kids worse than you ever could because they don't give a shit about them, you know? And that's another thing that parents need to uh, reiterate with their kids is that the world doesn't owe them a goddamn thing. You know? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because here's the thing for all of us, all of us, parents, non-parents, uncles, aunts, nieces, nephews, cousins, it doesn't matter. Brothers, sisters, it doesn't matter. The world, the universe, whatever you want to call it, 
is a vampire. Well, there's yes, if you want to bring smashing pumpkins into the equation. <laughs> but I, I'm going to step aside from that for a moment. I don't need that squirrel. Thank you. The world, the universe does not give a fuck about. And experience is the best and hardest teacher. That's it. You will learn, you know, it's like one of the episodes of who in the chat, Nick, you might know this. Bullrush might know this. Do you remember a TV, a sitcom called Titus? Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love yeah. that sitcom. Do you remember there was an episode on Titus where Titus, the main character, had a flashback back to when he was a kid because his dad was a hard ass. And as a little kid, Titus was wanting to stick his finger or a fork in a light so in a, an electrical socket. And mom was like, oh, God, don't do that. And dad was like, no, no, hang on. Let's see what happens here. And so... He did. Apparently, I, apparently Nick dropped off there. He's back. But Titus had this flashback where he was a little kid and he wanted to stick his finger or a fork in a light socket. Mom tried to tell him no. And dad goes, no, no, hang on. Let's see what happens here. So they let him and the kid fucking electrocuted himself. <laughs> okay, and dad turned around and said... See, there you go. That's what happens when you fuck around and you find out. <laughs> and granted, those weren't the words because this was on syndicated television. But it's the idea, okay, that, oh, got to teach the kids somehow. Let him have life experience. Let him fuck around and find out, okay? And I remember that's one of the few episodes I remember because I was like, oh man, what would I do if that was me and I had a kid and they were wanting to stick a fork or stick their finger or whatever in an electrical socket, in an electrical outlet? What would I do if I caught them wanting to do that? Would I stop them or would I let them do it? Truth? I'd let them do it because I had to learn that lesson the hard way too, because I did that as a kid, except mom and dad weren't around to either tell me, don't do that or to tell me, Hey, go ahead see what happens. Well, I have to push back on, I've pushed back on you on, on that, Rob. Uh, Why is that? Well, that's a bit of an amateurish take parental take uh if it were me i'd let them do it but i'd get a camcorder first oh well there you go see well, you know what i like that. Get my, let me get my phone out now now granted <laughs> now i i'm not disagreeing with you bullrush given the technology of today i would probably be in the same boat that i'd be like hang on before you do it hang on let me get my phone out here. Oh, okay, yeah. proceed. Okay, but this was back before cell phones and all of that. So there was nobody to witness my stupidity. Okay, but I didn't die. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have to go to the hospital or nothing like that. But it was enough of an experience <laughs> that I was like, well, gee, golly, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, because it does. Light sockets don't usually have enough uh, voltage or uh, was it the amperage that, that 
It's the amps the, that fuck. The amp, it's the amper. It don't have. It doesn't have enough amperage to hold you. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll push you. It'll, you know, even if you use a fork, it'll push it. It'll push you away from it. Correct. It doesn't, it doesn't have enough amperage to hold you. It's yeah. the amperage that kills you. It's not the voltage. There you go. And there's your public service announcement for the night, kids. That's why a stun gun can have a million volts, <laughs> and it won't kill you. It'll sure fucking, you know, clean your clock out and make you go, what the fuck? I just feel like I had Satan running through my veins. Yep. But it won't kill you. It's the amperage that will kill you. I got I got news for you, Rurb. You do have Satan running through your veins. Oh, I already know that. <laughs> You're not telling me nothing I don't already know. All right. So, yes. But By the way. Can we can we change the name of the show to Let Him Herb? I saw that. No, Let Him Herb. You know what? Uh, okay, since you brought it up, <laughs> Nick brought it up. Everyone can blame old nerdy bastard for this one. Nick August. I was gonna let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> I was. I fucked but, up, didn't I? Yes. You, yes. Now you get to put your finger in the light socket, and I get to be dad going, "Hang on." Let me get the let me get the phone. <laughs> get the phone, bull rush, because you want to film this. Because I was gonna let sleeping dogs lie. I don't stick my finger in dudes' light sockets. You're you need to be looking for bull rush for that. <laughs> but anyway, about what two weeks ago, I had a power outage, and then I had a knee injury. Back to back, which is why I wasn't really on the shows. And and I'm fine, by the way. It ended it ended up being a strain, not not me fucking up my uh, meniscus or my ACL. So in case any of you fuckers were wondering, my knee is on the recovery. I'm in pretty good shape. Anyway, I couldn't be on the show for the last couple of weeks. And Nick, the old nerdy bastard, was like. Gee, golly willikers, if you keep this up, we're going to have to replace you and give your seat to bacon. <laughs> to which I said, well, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to call this. You're going to have to rename the show. You can't call it Let Them Burn anymore. It's going to have to be if you're going to have bacon on, it's going to have to be called Let Them Sizzle. <laughs> I was going to let it go, Nick, but you brought it up. So there we are. So that, was a good, that was a good damn joke, though. That was a good yes, joke. it was. <laughs> well, at least you avoided the glue factory for now. See, the guys in the chat, guys on the replay. This, this, this is what I have to deal with. See the the tempest. The tempest thinks this is the boomer crypto jazz hour, but that's that's the Monday night show. <laughs> it's the boomo boomer la boomer crypto jazz hour part two. All right. And, well, I've, what most people don't know is I've been doing a show on Fridays for about three years called Nick August Doesn't Care. And on that show, I mainly teach lesbians how to pee standing up. Do you? I'm doing the Lord's work, sir. It's been going on for three years now. <laughs> How's it working out? Huh? How's it working out? I'm pretty popular in the lesbian community. I was going to say, do you have a lot of lesbians tuning in at that point? They all want to pee standing up. Go figure. I don't know what it is. I think we have a couple. <laughs> they, 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 Watching it's a call in show. They, it's call in show. And they call in with stuff like, you know, I keep trying to pee standing up, but the pee keeps, you know, running down my leg. 
you and, admonish them and, and tell them that their that their egg cartons dry. And that's when that's when I had that's when I had them. Uh, you know, so I had to explain. You know, you don't have a dick. And they were like, "Well, why don't I have a dick? I should be able to have a dick if I want one." And that's the show ends up really being about that. But it usually starts off with their their questions about you know not being able to pee standing up and not being able to understand why. So you know, uh, let's see. So nonstop Dre says, "If you had sons that wanted to get married, would you let them go through with it?" Well, I've got one son who has gotten married, and uh, I advised him against it at his age. Uh, but he, he went through and did it anyway, which was his choice. And, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the second half of, of, of parenthood, which is, you know, the first half is, is, uh, you know, laying down the law and teaching them. And the second half is like Rob was saying, let them, let them make their own choices. And, you know, he, to, in my mind, a dude should not get married until he's mid thirties. If he wants, if he wants to do that. Because at least that gives them enough time to make, you know, to understand society, understand divorce rape, understand, you know, the one true patriarch, which is the government, as Rob always points out. And, you know, he can at least go into it with a realistic appraisal and understanding of what he's doing. You know, my older son got married. He's in his late third, uh, late 20s now. And he got married a, a couple of years ago. Um and and I was against it, and I, it had nothing to do with the chick he was marrying or anything like that. Um, it was you are not ready to make that decision yet. You've got a lot of work to do on yourself. Um, it's too soon. And you know he, he like like kids can do. He thanked me for my advice, and then he went and did it anyway. And it's like, hey, it's your life, kid. You got to live it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I wouldn't. Uh, if I had a son, I'd. You know, it goes back to the same same thing. There's human autonomy that you have to deal with, and usually, whenever whenever someone goes to you and asks for asks for counseling or what you think, they already have their mind made up. You know, they're uh, looking for approval at that. They're point. looking for validation and approval yes. by that point. The yep. best thing you, I would I would say I would I'd be like Nick. I'd just counsel them. Be like, look, this is this is the potential bad side of it, I, and I'm telling the trade offs. That's all you can do as a parent. That's why I teach my daughter right now. She's like, well, she asked me a question. I'm like, well, here's the trade-offs. If you do this, 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 and this is going to happen. If you do this, 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 and this is going to happen. It's it's your choice. Well, I'm, not to, I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm here to tell you how to think. There you, you know? go. There you go. I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big proponent of marriage in general these days for all the reasons that we all know about. And there's no reason to go into all that shit. Yeah. But I'm not against it either. And it's like, it's like everything else. It's about the individual making the choice that's right for them and being willing to accept the consequences of their decision. There are people who get married in their 20s and they do just fine. There are people who get married in their 20s and it's a fucking, it ends up a train wreck. Same with people in their 30s, same with people in their 40s. And, and so, you know, I'm not, it's not that I don't believe in marriage in general. It's just that I think the way we go about it and the, you know, inviting the inviting the state into your relationship, into your home is a bad idea because they're going to they want to come in anyway. So, you know, it's like it's like that whole thing about, you know, you have to invite a vampire into your home. He can't just come in until unless he's invited. That's how I see. That's how I see marriage. Well, that's that. Yeah, you, you can tell that, too, through uh, common law through common law marriage and stuff because i know like texas has common law marriage uh 
as well as some other states. And you don't have to have to sign a marriage license for that to be executed. Uh, that can be you can you can quite literally be deemed married to to a, as a couple by the swing of a gavel by by the judge. And that that right there is uh, I, obviously y'all know me. That's that's a severe overreach of, of the government. Oh yeah. Well, I mean the the thing the thing about it is you know, with marriages, it's like a lot of, it's look at marriage, like a business partnership. There are some business partnerships that are great. And there are some business partnerships that are train wrecks. And it depends mainly on the two individuals involved and marriages to me, marriage is the same way. And I think that there's, I think that there's, I think there are too many people that just dismiss marriage out of hand, but I don't really recommend it to people. It's like, you know, if that's your thing, go ahead and do it. I, you know, you have, you have to want to be married. You have to want to have a family and you have to want to understand that you don't get married to be happy. You get married because you want to be married and have kids and have a family. And that's the best way to go about having kids and having a family and and by married, I don't necessarily just mean like getting a marriage license and doing it legally through the state. That could apply to a common law marriage. That can apply to, you know, two people living together, having kids and doing everything. It's, you know, there's you're you know, if you're going to be fucked, you're going to be fucked whether you actually apply for the paper or not. And that really comes back to the individual. So I don't recommend it these days, but I'm not against it either. It's just who are the people involved and, and what are they doing? I think, I think another thing to that too, is that what Rob was saying that most women make good mothers, but they make terrible spouses. Now, from my experience, just mine with friends and stuff like that, who are married, a lot of guys nowadays, they fall into this trap of turning their wives into fucking mothers. Yes. And I think that's, and I've heard other girls say it, but I don't listen to girls. I, but I look at the guys and how they act and stuff. And I, they, they, I'm not, I don't say this often, but the girls might have a point. Some of these, a lot of these guys out here, they act like they treat their wives like their mothers, right? Which is not what you should be doing. You should be treating them like dirty sluts that they are. Okay. That's how you treat them. <laughs> yes, they have your kids, but still treat them like a cum dumpster sometimes. They like it. Trust me. Probably, probably the, uh, you know, you know, Nonstop Dre, who's coming coming out with all the good questions tonight. What was the hardest thing for y'all to accept or realize after you had kids and while raising kids that you wish that you knew prior to having kids? And really, it has nothing to do with the kids. To me, it has to do with how to manage a relationship with a woman. And when I got married, and I was in my 20s, late 20s, um, my pickup game was okay. You know, I didn't have any problem meeting chicks and having girlfriends and getting laid and shit. But as, after that happened, if we ever, if I ever went, once we got into the relationship phase is when all that blue pill shit started, you know, coming out. And back then I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And to me, that's, that's the problem. And, and that's what I tried to tell, you know, my kids is that you, you got, you've got to, you've got to date a lot of women. You've got to get a lot of experience with everything in life so that if you've done all that by the time you're in your mid thirties and then you want to get married, knowing what, you know, at least, you know, how to handle it and how to manage it. And too many, too many dudes get married before they know that shit. Yes. And it's why I say, you know, there are some people, you know, if, if you do it right, it's still, it's, it's always going to be a gamble, but if you do it right, it's just like, you know, it's like playing blackjack in Vegas. If you, 
if you memorize basic strategy and you know betting strategy and and you you know you have some other you know you have some other advantage skills beyond that you may not win jackpots every time but you also won't get wrecked if you yeah, don't know any of that shit and you just go start throwing money on the table and saying oh hey i hope i get you know an ace this time you're going to get wrecked and that's kind of how people approach relationships and marriage especially dudes who who don't take the time to get the experience that they need well it's not about risk elimination it's about risk mitigation you know you can't and that's, that's a lot of people don't they don't really understand nowadays especially on twitter is that there's risk to everything you know yes. there's risk to everything i see that like like a lot of uh anti-gun people they're like well if you have a gun in your house the likelihood of of uh of being killed by with a gun goes up well no shit clown of course it does but if you if everyone inside the house is trained on on how to properly operate a gun and, and the safety measures and stuff like that that are taken you can severely reduce that risk you can mitigate the shit out of that risk to where it's it's, it's barely zero it's almost zero well it's you know? it's like bill burr bill burr jokes he's like you know no shit if you if i put a pool in my backyard i immediately increase my chances of drowning yeah you know? it doesn't mean you're gonna drown but the chances have gone up because yeah. you've added that pool back there hey guess what the world the world is uh kind of dangerous you know Yep, there's Who no knew? safety net. Life itself is a risk. There are no safety nets. And in some cases, there are no do-overs. No. You get one and you're done. Yep. Except that. Yeah. And that's the Well, uh, when it you know, when it comes to being a parent, you know, since we're talking about that to some degree, when your kid is when your kid is born, really when your kid is conceived you start out as that kid's safety net because that kid is totally helpless. Your job is to eventually stop being that safety net because if you don't, they never grow up. They never become an independent adult. And that's to me, that's the hardest fucking thing about being a parent. It's not showing up for games. It's not coming home for dinner. It's not helping them with their homework or like I did, you know, tell them, no, I'm not going to help you with your homework. You already know how to do that. You're just lazy. Um, and so when I, you know, I would, I would always work a problem for them and say, okay, now you go figure it out. And I would make them sit there until they figured it out because they don't, they don't need to be handheld and spoon fed the whole time. They, they have the ability to do that because I had the ability to do that. But that's the, that's the thing as a parent, as a dad, especially you have to be the one who, who, who deliberately takes the safety net away and lets them operate without it. Otherwise they're never going to learn how. And that's, yeah, you're, you're actually doing your child a disservice in the long run by not doing that. And that and for me, that was the hardest thing to do because, you know, your kids are, you know, when my kids were, you know, you know, when your kids are little and you are, you know, their God and their hero and everything else, you just get used to that. You get conditioned to, to being that and you have to force yourself to not do those things. A mother won't do that. A mother can't do that. You know, a mother's always going to go rushing and, you know, give her kid the hug, you know, but you have to be the one who removes the safety net and sometimes forces the wife to remove the safety net so that that kid can grow and learn. And yeah, you can give them a, you know, you can give them a safe place to come back to, but your kid's going to hurt. Your kid's going to fuck up. Your kid's going to be in pain. And that's a hard thing to watch, especially when you're sitting, you know, you're standing there and here's the cliff and here's the train and you're watching them head it right off the cliff. Sometimes you have to let them go. 
and and you have to let them learn. It's like Rob's Rob's example with the you know electrical outlet. No, no, no. What it is? Let, let's see what the happens. Let's let's hang on. Let's just see what happens. Yep. Right. So you know, I mean, that's and that's that's hard to do, especially when you're, especially if you're a dad, and especially if you're a blue pill dad. You know that's the right thing to do, but your wife is going to fight you on it. Your mother is going to fight you on it. Your in-law, your mother-in-law is going to fight you on it. Maybe your father-in-law is going to fight you on it. And there are going to be times. I'll some shit about like you need to start throwing hands because. Well, they're they're just going they're just going to be times when it's going to be you against everybody else. And if there are never and my theory is if there's never that time in your family, then you're just a big pussy because you're not standing up and telling everybody, no, this is the way it's going to be. And if you've never had that in your family, if you've never had to tell your parents to back off, your in-laws to back off, your wife to back off. And if everything's always going hunky dory and smoothly when it comes to what your kids should be doing, it probably means that you're a pussy. Now, in some cases, it means you've got a good wife, you've got good in-laws and your parents, you know, are backing off. So that's great. But most of the time, that's not what it means. Most of the time it means you've been a pussy and you're not doing your kids any favors. Yeah. I had a, well, it's like whenever I, I made the decision to, uh, start teaching my daughter how to shoot and stuff. She was like seven or eight years old. And I just, I told my ex-wife, I said, I'm going to teach her kid how to shoot. And she was like, okay. You know, <laughs> she was fine with it. And this, this is after, this is long after we were divorced and stuff like that, you know, but she knew, you know, she knows. I told her, I said, I, I'd rather, I have guns in the house. I'd rather, I'd rather have her know how to operate them and know, know how to be safe around them. And so it takes the, uh, it takes the mystery away from her. You know, it takes the taboo out of it. She knows what they are. She knows what they can do, you know. And that's well, why we, you, know, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, I came from the same kind of family. So, you know, I had guns when I was a kid. So my parents really weren't, they didn't really give a shit about that. Same with my, my ex-wife. Um, you know, she grew up, her dad was a hunter and, and shit. And, and so they had guns around the house. And so she didn't really care about that. But there, there are extended family and friends that you have to explain to them it's like, like your kid's going to be at somebody's house one day and somebody's going to pull out a gun. Do you want them to have experience with it and at least have a shot at knowing what to do in that case and, and knowing when that's a dangerous situation? Or do you just want to let them be ignorant and take their chances? And so yeah. even, you know, even with even with that, you know, which obviously isn't the reason why, you know, we teach our kids to shoot mainly, but that's an important byproduct of teaching them that shit. Yeah. Is that, you know, is that, you know, it's like, you know, Rob was saying the world will not watch out for you, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta teach your kids to watch out for themselves and you need to do it at a younger age than you think they need to, because the only reason we wait so long these days is because we've forgotten how grown up kids used to get at a younger age and exactly how much they can handle. And, and you know, that's on us. We shouldn't be doing that. We should, we should teach them as soon as they are ready and capable to handle it. But you know, most people, most people don't want to, most people don't want to do that because they don't want their kids to grow up. Yeah. My, uh, I actually got the most pushback on that from my mother, which it's not surprising, but it's like, I told her, I'm just like, it's, I'm going to do it. It needs to be done. You know, I understand you're, you're worried about it because she's your granddaughter and your only granddaughter and stuff. So I respect it, but still, I'm going to go ahead and do what I'm going to do. I'm like, this is for her benefit, you know, and that's the thing. It was, uh, 
back to what you were saying, parents have a hard time of, uh, of accepting short-term pain for long-term gain, you know? That's right. And I can see like w- women can't see that. It's just how they're fucking wired. They can't, they can't accept that men can to a better degree. And they have, that's why we have to do it because you're hamstringing your kid. Otherwise you're actually hurting them in the long run. Hey, if you're in the chat and you want to win that razor, just type in the number 69. Everybody who's eligible and who types the number 69 in the chat. If nobody does, then I'm going to keep the fucker for myself. (laughs) But yes, like Seth is right. All they want to do is grow up. They want to assert their autonomy after a certain age, which is fine. That's, that's That's the normal course of everything. Well, that's that's fucking evolved biological firmware, psychological right, firmware. They're supposed to. Yeah, they're, that's nature. That's a natural thing. They're supposed. They they want to assert their autonomy, and uh, the only thing is that they lack the experience to know what's what'll fucking kill them. And sometimes they don't. They'll make mistakes and stuff like that. You got. If it's not going to kill them, then you got to kind of let them make those mistakes. That's well, right. It's not going to kill anybody else. Just remember, if you type 69, you got to be a subscriber to one of our channels, the Punch Riot Magazine or the Punch Riot YouTube channel. You can still subscribe now, but it's got to be before I actually write all this shit down and make the uh, do the drawing. So, so that, it, that basically becomes the balance. You're balancing your kid trying to assert their autonomy and not to the and to do, allow them to do it to the point that they don't kill themselves or somebody else. Right. Well, and the other thing, the other reason it's important, look, I, you know, my parents have a neighbor who is a sweet old woman. Her son and daughter-in-law live like two streets over and she goes over to their house every day and does their wash and cleans their house for them because they have kids. So they've got so much to do. And, and I was like, you know, fuck that shit. <laughs> who, who the fuck does that? And, you know, the, the benefit of letting your kids go ahead and grow up is you get your fucking life back, man. You get to you get you get to go back to doing shit that you want to do when you want to do it. And, you know, when the time is right. But you know, it's like you, you don't have to you don't have to always be, you know, you know, making sure they do their homework. You don't have to be you don't have to be making sure they eat anymore. You know, you get to you know, it's like, you know, fuck you. You're a grown up. You get to do your shit now. Well, the eating kind of takes care of itself because like yeah. know, all mom showed us how to microwave hot dogs and she was like, I'm done. <laughs> I don't know who AAA is, but since that's at AAA, is that just ah? <laughs> This one here. Is that a dude or a chick? If I I find out you're a chick, then you're going to be disqualified. (laughs) Only only men are eligible for this drawing. Well, that brings up a good point, Nick. Because the very first one, from what I'm seeing here, the very first one after you announced it was this one. Right. Okay. Which disqualifies her. Right off the bat. Okay. But then, then we have this one. Where's he at? God damn it. You're here. I know you are. There you go. Okay. Aren't they part of the same team? Yeah, but they have separate. Turk is drawn. Turk is eligible. If, if, (laughs) here's the thing. If Turk wins the razor, if Turk wins the razor, he has to keep it the fuck away from Houston. No, no, no. What I was going to say was if, if Turk 
wins the razor and I send the ra- or Bull sends the razor to Turk, it's out of my hands at that point. If he wants to, if he wants to give it to Houston, that's his business. I'm out of it at that point, and that means that any any mayhem that is that is wreaked by Houston Subgirl because she's got a straight razor. That's Turk's responsibility. Yeah. That's not mine. Absolutely. We are not the fucking morality police here. <laughs> nope. Right. If it Turk, if you win, if, if you win, it is your responsibility. Not ours, not Nick's, not Bulls, not Punch Riots. It is your responsibility to keep that as far the fuck away as you can from Houston. Dude, I can't even imagine a fork in her hands. And a and a spoon a spoon gives me pause. After I saw that, after I saw the pictures from the car wash. You seen what you see, yeah. I'm blown. Well, you see what she can do with duct tape and a banana. So I just like goddamn I can't, Turk. I can imagine it in her hands. And there would probably be at least one serious injury, if not out an outright fatality. Yeah, that's the, here's here's the I thing. Can't her hands. <laughs> here's the thing. Houston knew that she was not eligible already. She knew before she got to this live stream she was not eligible. She was told she to go. She doesn't no. want the razor. She wants attention, and she is a master of getting attention in every situation because we've spent five minutes talking about Houston. Point, set, match. You're correct. I mean, and yet we, and yet you know, we don't ban her from the from the chat or the live stream. Oh, I, I'm not gonna ban her. She's way too much fun. I wouldn't do that either. I like Bacon's comment. <laughs> whatever oh oh here we go she's trying to appeal to our reason houston one word no which part don't you understand the n or the o speaking, no speaking of raising children no. i think she just likes being told no speaking of raising children <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. Every female relationship I've ever had. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we have it. Seriously though, Nick's going to pick who it is. He's going to do his lottery and decide. So, I I have no fucking idea who's going to win this thing. All I can say is I have bought a straight razor from Lazarus Razors from Bullrush. It is hands down the best razor I've ever owned. I just recently, as in like, I don't know, three, four days ago, decided to strop the fucker. So I watched some videos, including bulls, on how to strop a razor. Just so I knew that I wasn't fucking it up. Gave it a little, little hone to the edge. Well, I cut myself over here and <laughs> up here. Because that's how fucking sharp this thing is, okay? Literally, the hair on my head, the hair on my face, the hair on my neck, I bring that straight razor that I bought from him out, and the hair just kind of falls out. Because it's like, I don't want to fuck around with this. So, whoever wins this thing, you are truly getting a fantastic razor, okay? And I'm not just... Tootin' Bullrush's horn here. I'm saying that as a 
purveyor and a buyer of straight razors. I've got a couple and hands down, his are the best. So whoever gets this, whoever wins this thing, you have a beautiful razor coming to you. So I kind of want to keep it for myself, but Nick already paid me. Well, punch right paid you, but yeah. Yeah. Punch right. The, uh, because Punch Ride is now the proud sponsor of the Let Em Burn show. <laughs> Sweet. Right along with the part that you didn't mention, Nick. Butt hurt Heffelweitzen. Because everything goes better with a case of butt hurt. And a case of butt hurt always makes everything better. <laughs> Dre, in this case, no. No. That's, that's how fucking sharp this thing is. No. Yeah. There's other razors I own that I'd be like, ah, fuck you, you bet. No. You could hiccup and become a eunuch. I mean. Dude, I wouldn't even have to hiccup. I would have to just train my attention somewhere else for about 2.4 milliseconds. And I would be a eunuch. So, what? no. You know. I would not manscape with this razor. That's how sharp they are. You know, I was glad I was glad to see that tonight's show was titled All Along the Watchtower because and I was glad that on the and I was pretty sure you were that on the opening on the opening slide you were playing the Hendrix version and not the Dylan version, which is the original. Even though I think the lyrics are great and I and I really I really do like a lot of Bob Dylan songs, you know, lyrically, but the the Hendrix Hendrix version is what I think of when I think of that song. And, and it's, you know, there's some deep lyrics there though. You know, go read, go read those lyrics. Cause there's some shit there and that stuff about, you know, let's not talk falsely now because the hour is getting late translated into 21st century speak. What that means is lay off the bullshit because it's wasting my time and I don't have a lot of time left. Yes. We, at least me and you, Nick, and Bull to a lesser degree. But as far as we three on the panel, you and I specifically, Nick, we have less time before us than we have behind us. To quote Aaron Clary. Right. Okay. So let's stop with the talking falsely now, because the hour is getting late. Let's stop with the bullshit. Let's stop with the live action role playing. LARPing guys is a gift to the 20 year old. Okay. A 49, 50 year old man. And I'm closer to 50 now than I am to fucking 49. It is a gift to the youth that is wasted on the youth by the youth. I don't have time for your bullshit anymore. Because I have less time ahead of me than I have behind me. So I would rather speak truly, speak honestly, speak, you know, a matter of fact. Not, oh, hey, you know, well, if you, I, I'm a trad con, go fuck yourself. Well, it's the whole, let's, let's try semen retention for a while. Let's sun our buttholes. Let's take cold showers. You know, all that shit, you know, if, if there are things that you have figured out in your own life that help you out, who cares? I, yeah, that's, that's great. But these prescriptions for how to be a better man that focus more on all those little moronic things that 
have no basis that, that, that are just somebody's checklist because it appeals to them at that particular time in their life. And they want you to do it too, because they need something to, you know, to write about and to tweet about and to, and to set their own program apart. So you'll participate in it. But I think semen retention is the stupidest thing I ever heard. And I think that, you know, all this stuff, it's like, you know, the thing I always say is, uh, discipline, not asceticism, you know, denying yourself a bunch of shit. We all have things in our lives where we may feel the need to deny it for a while, just so we can prove to ourselves that we can. That's great. That's fine. Whatever. But trying to, you know, turn that into some kind of a prescription for a superior moral life. Um, you know, that just doesn't fly. You know, there are people who can drink and not become dependent on it. There are people who I, I still I don't get the idea of not nutting for for whatever reason. That, that's never going to I don't think that'll ever appeal to me. And especially at my age, you know, I even want to do it more because I don't know how much time I have left to do it. So I mean, the, the thing is, though, is that like even that the semen retention thing is bullshit anyway, because, uh, you're, you know, if you, if you know a little bit about male ana reproductive anatomy, the uh you're 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 gonna have to get rid of some of that whether your your body gets rid of it whether it wants to or not so it it, it does dispel it eventually i mean we can we can oh, go oh. back we can go back and look at the history of denying the flesh and where that comes from and that's all a bunch of larping bullshit and it really always was yes it's all it's all about control or it's about the desire to get something in a way that or desire to get something that isn't actually real in a way that doesn't actually deliver what you're seeking in the first place. It's, because, just, it's virtue signaling. Right. Right. And you know, it's the thing I like to, the thing I like to say is that, you know, all of that asceticism stuff comes from not prehistory, but from ancient history yep. when, when people thought that, you know, you have a cold because of a demon. So if you want semen retention and all the other bullshit that goes along with it, you don't get penicillin. OK, it's, it's one or the other, because all that shit came from before we actually knew how the body worked. And I'm not going to get into some big religious thing here, but, you know, give me a fucking break already. Um, there's there's nothing there's nothing about, you know, all this asceticism, which is what it is. You know, a few millennia ago, they'd put on hair shirts and go sit up in a tree for 30 days because they thought that that would that would bring them religious visions and beatification and all kinds of other shit. Um, go ahead and do that if you want to. That's what I want to see you do. If you're serious about this shit, don't worry about the no nut November or whatever it is. Go put on a hair shirt and sit in a tree for 30 days. That's what I want to see or go out into the desert for 40. Okay, this goes back to what I said earlier. What is old is new again. What has happened before will happen again. Okay, these guys on Twitter, on social media, they're not saying anything new. This stuff has been going on for centuries. I promise you it's under other words, other definitions, other vocabulary, but semen retention, sunning your asshole, all of that is not new. Okay. Like God was, I think it was Bullrush who said it just tonight. 
He's not here to teach his daughter or his children what to think. He's here to teach them how to think. That's my whole take on all of this. If you don't want to fuck, then fine. Don't. You don't want to drink. Don't. You don't want to have any vices whatsoever. Fine. Fucking do that. I'm not here to teach you what to think. I'm here to teach you how to think. And the first question I would ask you, if you were to say, Rob, what do you think about this? It wouldn't be, oh, it's good, it's bad, or the otherwise. That's just morality. I would ask you, what do you think? What's your thoughts? Not what some other dipshit told you. What's your thoughts? What do you, Bacon? What do you, Roman? What do you, Houston? What do you, Sast? What do you, Matt? All you guys in the chat, all you guys watching the replay. My thoughts would be, what do you think about it? And then go from there. Because what I think about it, what you think about it, they may be on the same page, they may not. Either way, I don't care. I have my take, I have my code, and it works for me. I'm not going to tell you what to think. I'm going to ask you how to think. What works for you? And then go from there. Do that, whatever it is. Yep, that's uh, basically, most people have a problem. With, well, that too, it's like the other thing about it too is that, that all that stuff that y'all were talking about, it's easy shit. Yeah, it really is. It, re- it, it It's easy. And uh, we expect women to do easy things. <laughs> But men are supposed to do the hard things. Well, and yeah, okay, we we can parse into that. But here's my question for everyone. When you get up in the morning or the evening or whatever fucking time it is, and you go to the bathroom and you look in the mirror, are you good with who and what you see? Are you good with that person? Are you good with yourself? Are you good with what you see? If you can say, yeah, and I mean fucking for real, guys, then you're fine. If the answer is no, then you have shit to do. You got shit to do, and I don't know what it is because I'm not you. I don't have your experiences. I don't have your morality. I don't have your whatever it is. But you have to ultimately decide, oh, shit, Nick's getting ready to, to roll it out here. Well, the but, morality gets in the way of a lot of shit. So you might want to yeah. can that in the first place. Well, and, and that's something I strive for personally is I don't consider myself immoral or moral. I consider myself as much as I can be to be amoral. I don't look at things as good or bad right or wrong. They just are. I may not like them, but I don't, I I really try, I strive to not paint morality on it. I try to look at it as objectively as I can and go, this is how it is. And then act accordingly. And there are a lot of people that would agree or disagree and that's fine. I don't care. Ultimately. I mean, to me, to me, the, to me, morality is actually pretty simple. There's some basics there that more or less line up with the Ten Commandments and other shit. And most cultures have them, and they're pretty universal. And we mostly agree on 
yeah, this shit's really bad. And then when it comes to a lot of the finer points of it, you know, don't stick your dick in a girl who is not your wife and all that other kind of shit. That's all a bunch of bullshit. And I don't care. So I'm, I'm very much in line with Rob's thinking here. And yes, Sast is right. I got out the camping percolator and uh, I wrote everybody's everybody who's 69 in the chat. I wrote their name on a slip of a post-it note. So I'm going to draw one out of there and then I will hold it up to the camera so that everybody can see that this is on the level. But oh, I think I should wait till Rob gets back. <laughs> should, should I show it the razor? Yeah, show the razor. Uh, that's it. I'm getting white. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Is there any the, way? Uh, the blade is, is a Geneva cutlery blade, about, about 80 years old. So the scales are just fucking awesome looking though, dude. Oh yeah, the scales are made from the scales are made from uh it's a plastic called Raffir, R-A-F-F-I-R. But yeah, it's uh pretty good stuff. It's kind of tr kind of translucent. All right, I got the winner. Well, holy shit. It says bacon. It says bacon for those of you that can't read. <laughs> oh shit. Bacon, it's your lucky night, buddy. Good to go. Ugh. So bacon, bacon is the proud winner of the let him burn straight razor. Yeah, Roman. The, actually, the uh... get with uh, bacon. Get with uh, you know. Send your uh, mailing. Well, I don't see you know. Bacon has to be in the chat. So bacon, you've yeah, got until are you here. You've got until the show's over to claim it. Yeah, which not... is like six seven minutes. Are you fucking here? There you go. He's still here. Yeah, you right. one bacon. So. There you go. You better stick around. You better listen to Nick. I'm not sure somebody. I'm not sure somebody didn't tip him off. He may have been off. <laughs> Nick, you know, well, Roman, Roman said, uh, what Roman was saying here that he wants a guitar that looks like that. There's actually uh, that Raffir stuff is they actually use that for for the guitar boards and stuff like that. What I want is a is a tumbler that looks like that. A let them burn tumbler. Yeah, I don't know how to. I don't know how to turn it. They that sell them in blocks, but I don't know if it's that big. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, block. so bacon, uh, bacon, my man, you need to get in touch with uh, Bullrush with your mailing details, and Bullrush is going to mail it to you, uh, presumably. That was anticlimactic. <laughs> what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a it's a good blade. I just hope uh, Bacon doesn't kill himself with it. So uh, if he does. Well, I just wonder if he has enough facial hair to actually really put this fucker to use. He does. does he high, he's high yellow. So. Well, I know he's high yellow. I've met him in person, but I don't know if the guy can grow a proper beard. Well, here's the thing. I use my Lazarus razor to slice peaches and... <laughs> and shit like that so you know it's an all-purpose straight razor it you know it'll slice it'll slice beef pretty thin you can slice garlic with it if you like to you know go full good fellas and get your garlic slices really thin so they liquefy in the pan Ooh, sweet neck that's a name i haven't heard in a while schecter yeah no shit weren't that weren't those kit guitars or were those did they sell them already i thought I've dated, I've dated a couple girls like that before aftermarket kit <laughs> but i don't remember 
I'm gonna stop payment on that check. Shit. Sass with all Sass with all your money as old as you are, you don't you could buy 10, 10 Lazarus razors and not feel it. No shit. I even uh I've got some posted now that I even have because uh, people have been bothering me about making uh making uh horn and bone and I finally fucking broke down and, and made a few like this one. Sweet. I made about three of them. This is uh all three of them. Show uh, that again. Show that again. Oh, it's uh what is it? It's water buffalo horn. But this is black water buffalo horn. And I have uh two more that are made out of out of the blonde uh, buffalo horn. How much do those cost? Like to buy the razor? Uh they're a little bit more expensive than my normal offerings because it the the horn is it's expensive itself and it's hard as it's hard as fuck to work with. And I don't like working with it. So, because okay. the, uh, well, it's just uh, bone is, or the horn is made out of the same stuff that, that that hair is made of, which is keratin. So, whenever you ever heat up keratin or burn your burn your hair, it's got that burning hair scent. So, whenever you're grinding on it or anything, that's that's the, the smell like fills the garage up and it stays and it lingers there for a while, for a couple hours. But yeah. Uh, well, here's what, here's what I'm going to do when I get, Every time I get, uh, every time I get twenty new subscribers to the Punch Riot magazine at the five dollar level or greater, but it's mainly just five dollar level, then we'll do another. Uh, we'll do another giveaway. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of the price point where I'm at for a new, uh, you know, to be able to uh, pay the magazine's overhead and then also have extra for this shit. So. Go out and get your friends to subscribe to Punch Riot, and we'll do it again as soon as I've got 20 new subscribers. Yeah, and I've, uh, the other one I have is this one here. This one is a uh, modern blade. Uh, the guy that makes this blade, he's a he's been working, he's been making straight razors for many many years, and uh, he also I don't know if y'all are familiar with Heart Razors. This is the same guy who used to make the uh, the Heart Razors. It's a it's an American made or it's an American company, but that's a modern razor. It's made out of 01 tool steel. I have one. It takes a really good edge, like a really scary sharp edge. And uh I'm scared to use it sometimes. Just to leave it that. <laughs> but nice. I that, that one's in a six eights. I have one and that's it, that's uh seven eights, and it's it's a hatchet. Uh if you have if you have a uh, like thick or coarse facial hair, like that old man hair, I mean it'll take it right the fuck off and it won't it won't even make a sound. It's very, it's a, it's a, the six eights here, it's, it's a heavy blade. It's probably, I would say it's twice as heavy as your, as your uh, traditional razor blade, but it's, it, it's just a chopper. It takes everything off and you could probably do it. You, you could get away easily with a one or two pass uh, shave with it. If you know well, I've decided we're going to add shaving with a straight razor to the list of things that make you a real man to up your game and become, you know, become a real winner. Put that in the manhood burrito. And crush it with passion. So, in addition to shave, in addition to uh, no nutting and cold showers and black coffee and sunning your asshole, um, you have to shave with a straight razor because if you don't, you're not really a man. Well, the other thing too, not a do that, you got to shave your head with a straight <laughs> razor. Then you're a real fucking man. Uh, the other thing too is I'm coming out with uh, like a little testing. I had some. Uh, vintage straight uh vintage uh safety razors double-edged safety razors yes and i got them cleaned up and i, I took them to a cerakoter i found a guy who does cerakote like a it's basically a finish that you put on guns and stuff uh but it's it's a really tough finish and uh they look nice i think nick has seen them i think 
I've seen them. They're fucking great. They are. Yeah. So I got, I have four of them. I'm going to get them back in the next day or two and post them to the site. So maybe mainly just to have you guys like who don't want to jump from a cartridge razor to a straight razor. I know that's kind of a big deal. And uh, so maybe this, this will be like a, like a little uh, bridge or in, go between, but uh, yeah. What I, I want to know is, are you going to, are you going to do any with Linex on the handle? And that's what I really want. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find a guy to do, uh, to do line X. Cause that would be, that would be cool. Cause you talking about that, that shit is not going to slip out of your hands. If you have like that line X coating or something similar on the handle of a safety razor, right? that would be badass. Yeah. I like the, I like the idea too. And they, uh, I just got to find somebody who will actually do it. Uh, cause they're, cause the problem is, is that people that'll do it, they, they have like, there's like a minimum charge to do it. I wonder and, uh, if I wonder if you could just I wonder if there's a way to do get some kind of black epoxy coating paint or something and just mix a little sand in there or something and I'm looking kinda... I'm looking into something well I'm looking into products not mixing sand but like I'm looking into products that I could do it you know just yeah. to dip it you know kind of thing and uh, perhaps do something like that that'd yeah. be fucking awesome but these uh, uh these four razor they're, they're I only got four of them for right now. And uh, depending on how how well they sell, I can get more and do that. I think the uh, some of the the colors on the blade they're all they're all one color. Uh, like one's an antique brass. One's uh one is kind of like a silver color. The uh, the other one, one tungsten. I forget what the other color is, but it yeah they look nice. They look really good. And they're all I think two of them are Gillette Tex. One's a fat handle. Or a couple of them are fat handle Gillette tacks from around the 1940s. Nice. Yeah. But they're really good razors. They're uh I've used Gillette Tex before. I've used all the Gillette old Gillette uh safety razors. And they're the Gillette Tex are really good because they're they're a good smooth shaving uh razor. Like they're really good for noobs because it's hard it's hard to get a, it's hard to fuck them up, you know. But they're very gentle. <laughs> all right. Well, we are at the two hour mark. So, Bullrush, plug your shit. LazarusRazors.com. Nick, plug your shit. So, PunchRiot.com, uh, if you want to subscribe to the magazine. Monday night on the Boomer Crypto Jazz Hour, I've got a friend of mine who, um, I'm for now, I'm just referring to him as Racer X because I don't know if he wants, I don't know what he wants, how much is in his identity he wants revealed, but he's... Um, He's retired and he just retired and he's um, moving to Puerto Rico. And so he's a, he's a crypto investor. He's got a lot of shit going on financially. And so there are a lot of benefits to living in Puerto Rico. So he's coming on the Boomer Crypto Jazz Hour to talk about all the ins and outs, uh, financials and lifestyle benefits of uh, moving to Puerto Rico for at least six months out of the year. You have to be there for a little bit over half a year in order to get the tax benefits. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, tune in to the Boomer Crypto Jazz Hour on the Nick August channel, Monday night at nine Eastern. Perfect. And guys, you can find me at robsays.net. So we will see you all real soon with the next episode of Let Them Burn, Boomer Crypto Jazz Hour, Razors Galore, all that stuff. We'll see you thing. I'm considering changing the company name to Rurbrazers.com. <laughs> Let them herb. Let them herb. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll see you guys all next time. Peace.